friends, I wanted to share with you a back to school tip that always worked in our family. We made an effort to make the first day of school special. So we woke up and made a big breakfast, whether it was waffles and bacon, eggs, something that was special for my kids. And then each first day of school after dinner, once we were all finished, cleaned up, we would take the family, including the principal, dad, out for ice cream. My kids loved it. They continued to ask for this same tradition even when they were in high school. So my tip is make the memories, make the first day of school special. Have a great school year. When starting back to school, I like to get a slow start. As in, we take two days to do one day of what's in the instructor's guide. And I really don't even like to start on a Monday. I think Tuesdays are great. You do a day of school, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, and get into a little bit of a groove, and then you're ready to go for the next week. Before a new school year begins, I love to get myself organized. And my favorite thing to do is to figure out where I'm going to keep the materials that we are going to work on for the first week. So pull out your instructor's guide pages and put them in a small half inch binder. I call that my working binder. And then look at the books that you're going to be reading from for that first week. Pull those off the shelf and figure out a place where you're going to store those. It might be a separate bookshelf. It might be a basket. It could be a bin. It could be a cabinet. It could be a drawer. Really, it could be anywhere. But if you decide ahead of time where you're going to keep those materials, then starting your school day is quick and easy. You grab the books off that shelf from that basket, grab that rolly cart, whatever it is, you have everything you need at your fingertips. At the end of the week, put away any books that you have finished. If you finished a read aloud or a reader or whatever, that goes back on your bookshelf and you pull out the next one and you keep those, all those materials together in the same place. Hi ladies, I'm Jonna Lawrence. I have four kids, they have all graduated with Sunlight. Um, and so I come to you as a veteran homeschool mom and as a mentor. Um, I'm coming in my backyard. You can see my chickens in the backyard being crazy. One wants to be in the video. So I am here to tell you that life is messy. Sometimes it's crazy. There's lots of interruptions. Um, I am going to um, tell you my best first week advice and that is just pull the books out that you need. Don't worry about the rest of the books. Put them on a shelf and know that they are there to see and you can watch your progress throughout the year just using the books that you need for the week. And the other part is when you see all the all the friends that are homeschooling and they're talking about how beautiful the kids are and their crafts are and they, you know, the three-year-old did a David sculpture and the 10-year-old just wrote his thesis for his doctoral. It's okay. That's their kids. God gave them their kids. God gave you your kids and he designed you for your kids because you were perfectly designed for that. And I am praying for you this year. I look forward to all the funds we're gonna have in the app. And if ever you have a crazy day like mine where the chickens are crazy and the dogs are barking, um, ping me and I'll lament with you. Bye ladies, have a great year. My top tip for getting um, started in the fall um, is that if you wait until everything's perfect, um, you will never start. But you just have to jump in. And if you wanna jump in, but you're feeling a little overwhelmed about starting, one thing that gets me ready to start is to try to start as fresh as possible. So to do that, I use the biggest trash can I can find in my house. And I start off with um, something in the bottom, like the those uh, boxes of shoes that my boys get for their cross country shoes, the boxes that they come in, that's it goes in the bottom. And then I just, go through and declutter our schoolroom, uh, try to throw out anything that is not um, needed and clear out anything that I can. I have a donate box as well that um, to, to take to donate and just try to do a quick, not getting bogged down, clear out before the year starts. Hi, my favorite way to kick off a new school year is by taking a field trip. Usually we do something um, educational or nature oriented. Um, we might take a hike or go down to the river beach or drive down to the zoo. 
Um, or one of our favorites was to go pick apples and go to a historical home um, that's nearby. Um, I love doing field trips in the fall because this, the weather is usually still um, very nice, like in summertime, but the crowds have all gone away because everybody else went back to school. Hi friends, my back to school advice is nothing earth shattering. In the midst of your school supply shopping, don't neglect mom. Buy mom a tape dispenser, a really nice one with sand in it, and no one else is allowed to use the tape from this tape dispenser. It's yours. That way, when you need tape, you will always know where to find it. Also, a pair of orange-handled scissors. Same principle. Nobody touches mom's orange-handled scissors so that you will always know where tape is when you need it. And you will always know where scissors are when you need them. It will save you many a mom meltdown. I hope you have a wonderful school year. Hi, my favorite back to school tip is not to think of your school year in terms of an entire year. With the exception of labeling my books and getting them on the shelves and assembling my big IGs, I don't worry at all about what's gonna happen in future weeks. I'm only concerned about what's coming up next week. So every Sunday night, sometimes Monday morning, I pull just one week's worth of instructor's guide into my own personal flex binder. I love these because they give you the ease of moving pages around like a regular three ring binder, but you can pull them all the way back like a spiral bound um, IG. So what I do, I have a tab for each of my kids. This is mommy's book. Nobody touches this except for me. So I even bought it in purple, my favorite color. I think it's really important to buy school supplies in colors and designs that make you happy and excited about your school year. So anyway, I put my daughter in the first section. She's doing level 100, so I have all of her map answer keys here in the front so they're easy to access when I go to grade her work. Then behind it, I have her IG. And I don't know how well you can see it on the video, but I check things off as they get done. I use my IG as a checklist more so than an actual schedule, and I just check things as they get done. So I have her HBL, I have her language arts in here, we're all ready to go. Then for my son, who's doing level D, I have his language arts worksheets and science worksheets right here in the front pocket, so they are easy to hand to him when we do them. I don't ever give my kids worksheets ahead of schedule because that's how things get lost, but if they're in my binder, they're easy to find when we need them. Then back behind, I have his smaller map that comes in your big IG and his regular IG as well. Again, I check things off as they get done. Whatever we don't finish carries on to the next week, but I'm ready to go. I'm also a big fan of these little tabs for designating HBL versus language arts or science IGs, but everything is all in this one spot, super easy to use. Then when we finish up a week, we just move it back to the master IG and grab the books for the next week. So really, just think in terms of one week at a time. It's very quick and easy to do this. I spend maybe five to 10 minutes a week preparing for the next week, and it keeps school very manageable and easy to do, but also very organized. As long as I have my little flex finder, I know exactly what I need to do. Have a great school year. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's Homeschool Helps and Hacks. Uh, we are seeing some of you are not able to see or hear what's going on. Just to let you know, if you're watching in Big Marker, this is also streaming live in our Sunlight app. So you do have two options to watch it if you're having issues. We also have Jonna and Sheila on the back end answering questions in the chat as well. So definitely if you're having issues seeing something or, or can't get through, let us know we are live. So we want to help you out um, with everything. And welcome to our back to school and back on track uh, episode of Helps and Hacks. So I am Sunny, I'm Sunlight's community manager. I'm also a homeschool mom of two kids who have been educated since preschool at Sunlight. And joining me today are two of our Sunlight mentors. We have Lisa and Anne. Lisa, would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, you're still muted. <laughs> Technology is hard. Um, <laughs> Lisa, I live in Florida and I am a retired homeschool mom. I have three children, my two young 
most used sunlight from kindergarten through graduation. Um, my oldest daughter is married and about to have a baby. And my youngest daughter just started her sophomore year in college. So thanks for having me today. Well, thank you for being here. Anne, do you want to introduce yourself as well? Sure. My name is Anne. I live in Texas. I've been homeschooling with sunlight since 2007. And my oldest is a freshman in college. He is wrapping up his first week tomorrow. So it's real exciting times. And I still have one at home. She is a junior in high school now. Well, perfect. Let's jump in. My kids currently are 13 and 8. So that'll give you a little insight into how old our kids are and where we currently are in our own homeschool journeys. But of course, August is a perfect back to school time. If you're American, you're familiar with that being when schools start back up again. Um, but even for our international viewers, um, whenever you start school, hopefully this will help get you excited about it and get you ready for the school year. So let's start by tackling organization. Of course, with Sunlight, we have a lot of books. You saw several of our own bookshelves in that little video to start with our other Sunlight mentors. What do you guys do to get your books ready for the beginning of the school year? Well, I loved taking that book list from my instructor's guide and putting the books in the order that they would come up. So I would put my read-alouds history on my shelf, put my girls' readers on their shelf in order so that at least we started with everything where it belonged. Math books, science worksheets, all of that um, on the first day was always right on their shelf. So that was my biggest accomplishment probably for preschool is getting everything in order. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same here. I didn't do anything much different. Uh, I just had all their books on a shelf. Uh, they each have their own shelf. Um, and that's where the homeschool books lived. I, I think it's good to have a place for everything, no matter where that may be. You know, if you don't have any bookshelf space or your bookshelf is on order and hasn't come in yet, just make a stack on the floor. And that's perfectly fine, as long as you know where it is. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of the book labels, too. I like those on my Sunlight books. When you first start using Sunlight, you may not understand the value in those, but as you accumulate two or three programs, you're going to realize it's so much easier to not have to remember, did I read this book in level D? Was it an F? What, you know, where does this go? Especially if you have younger kids coming along that are going to read those books in the future. Now let's talk about the instructor's guide. We've seen a lot of questions in the, app in the last couple of weeks about how do I put that together? How do I use it? What do you guys think? Mm -hmm. Well, um, it is important to get it put together. And one thing, some people do have sunlight put it together for them. And if that was done for you, do take a moment to look behind each tab and see what's there, because it is important to know what is where. Uh, if you uh, still have to set your binder up, uh, just brief synopsis here. Section one goes in front of week one. Then you make piles with your IG. So you might have HBL, LA, and science. So make three piles. Take all your week one from each one and put that behind the week one tab and just go on like that until you've done all 36 weeks. But then you still have papers left, you know, maybe about you know this many. And that's section three and four. And they go in those parts of the binder and they include your read aloud and your reader questions so that you can uh, do those at your own pace. You can put those comprehension questions with those particular books. It is designed to be very flexible that way. So that's it in a nutshell. There are videos you can look up on YouTube on the Sunlight site that will uh, give you a visual about all that. Yeah, um, I think it's important for you to set up your instructor's guide in a way that makes sense to you. Uh, I chose to take my children's language arts and science activity sheets out of my instructor's guide immediately and go ahead and give them their own binder for each of those things. Some people like to spiral bound the worksheets to make it more like a workbook. But for me, it was more manageable since I had two kids doing the same level that I have them separated. Um, so another way to set it up to keep those out. So that made my piles, like Anne was talking about, more than just those piles, because then I would set those aside and deal with those later. 
Yeah, and Katie, you brought up a great point that uh, the lingo, the sunlight lingo and acronyms may be unfamiliar to those of you that are new. So I apologize, IG stands for instructor's guide. Um, if you see us use ASP, that's an all subjects package. HBL is history Bible literature. So I will try not to do that. It's uh, instinctive after we've done it a long time to call it by its sunlight acronym. But that is a great point. If you are new, you may not know what that is. Um, also, like I mentioned in the prior video, moving both of my kids into one binder has been a game changer for me. My kids are five years apart. They've never shared the same level. Um, but having my own little flex binder that I keep just makes it super easy because then I can have them both at the table at the same time and I can just flip back and forth to whichever kid I'm asking questions to at that particular moment. Okay, so school supplies. One of my favorite things about Sunlight is that everything comes in a kit, whether it be science or hands-on history or things like that. So you don't really need a lot in way of school supplies. Um, what do you guys think are the things you absolutely have to have? And then what do you do for those nice to have items? Yeah, I, I think you really, like you said, you really don't need very much and you certainly don't have to buy brand new things every single year. So it really is a cost effective thing. Uh, one of the things uh, I did buy a composition book for my kids to do their spelling words in. And the great thing about it is it lasted about three years. <laughs> you know, they don't have to buy a new one for each grade. They just keep on going where they left off. Uh, so some things you can buy like that and they will last for a super duper long time. Yeah, absolutely. I have some, let's see, a question here yeah, about- We bought new colored pencils or markers. I can't hear you guys through my computer anymore, so I'm probably a little delayed because I was listening on the app. Um, I don't know what's wrong, um, but we did buy, we replaced things as needed, but not, didn't need a new pencil box, didn't need a new binder, none of that. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, my sunlight binders that I have are older versions with old logos because they do hold up very well and they're very sturdy. Katie's asking if you can put multiple kids in the same binder. If you are doing an all subjects package, you're really probably not going to be able to fit more than one child in a binder. But if you do a flex binder like I do, I just take one week at a time and put it in here. Um, I also like to think of my school year in terms of weeks and not the entire year. Um, so that is something that I do. It's one week at a time. We check things off as we go. And then I don't ever look at the beginning of the year as, oh my goodness, look at all these books I have to read or all these things I have to accomplish. Um, anything else do you think uh, that people need to get ready for the year? Or do you think we've already, pro I mean, we've provided a ton of tips even in the early video. But anything else people need or can they just dive in and get started with sunlight? Well, let me, let me clarify. I got a question on the chat here about what is a composition book. I mentioned that. And it's like a spiral uh, notebook, except there's no spiral. It, it's usually a little smaller than a spiral notebook. There's no spiral. And um, uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so look at the store. They're, they're definitely there. And that's just what we happen to use for spelling. Um, but really, if you just got some pens and pencils, uh, think about what they might need for math, if they need a ruler or a calculator or something like that. Um, and science, you know, if you get the kit, it comes with everything you need, except what you should have in your home. The science IG even tells you what to look for for the next week. So it, it's really easy to be uh, planned and prepared with the Sunlight Instructor's Guides. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about motivation. I feel like back to school is a time when people are either really excited to get back to school and jump in, or they're dreading it, not ready for summer to end, um, or they're just having a hard time getting themselves in gear. So what are some ideas to get motivated, to get excited, whether you're feeling it or not? So what are some ideas to get motivated? Yeah, I, I can tell Lisa is, is delayed. I'll hop in here and say something first. Um, uh, Y'all saw in the little intro video that my favorite, favorite, favorite thing to do starting in, in a new year is uh, just to take it slow, to get back into your routine slowly, take two days to do one day of stuff in the instructor's guide and ease into it. And it just makes for a real smooth transition, getting back into a routine. And typically once you're in a routine, uh, everybody thrives with it. Uh, it just really is good 
uh, to be in some sort of routine, but you don't have to get it nailed down the first day. In fact, it's kind of impossible. It takes a little while to figure out what's going to work for you. And that is completely normal and to be expected. Yeah, I'm very delayed, I think, because I'm listening on Big Marker instead of here. So, um, yes, I do think you can just jump in. Um, I think it is routine. My kids thrived on routine. So we tended to keep a routine, even not during school. Um, we tried to still have reading time, still have time to do other things. So definitely, but you're, you might not find that great routine the first time. Don't be afraid to change it up. But do just start. Um, I see Katie said she has a lot of anxiety over logistics. Um, I think in the newbie um, party last week, Christy had a great point that no one knows what your plan was. Like you're the only one who had that idea in your head. So don't be, don't be upset when, when that doesn't happen. Um, don't be afraid to retry. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember that you're not stuck with whatever you start with at the beginning of the year. So I know over my entire time homeschooling, I have changed it up from year to year and kind of changed the methods that I was doing. Uh, some years we've done the slow start, like Anne. Other years we dive right in. Um, a lot of times, too, it's fun. We like to, if we're going to take a vacation, we like to do it after regular kids go back to school um, because we have that flexibility. So like this year, we're doing three weeks of school and then we're going to go on vacation. So it's something to get excited about and it, it gets the kids going. Um, plus, they know, OK, you've got to finish your work by Friday because we're going to leave town for a week. Um, and so it might be something like that, like plan something that they can look forward to um, and get motivated that way. If you're struggling with motivation, like I said in my video, buy school supplies that make you happy. Get yourself a fun homeschooling coffee mug, you know, buy the binders that you like or the pens that you like, anything like that. For me, for whatever reason, it just really gets me excited and ready to go. Um, so that's another great idea, too. Let's see. Nancy is saying this will be my first year with my youngest, who will be in ninth grade. We got the all-in-one set that are doing pre-algebra this year instead of geometry. Well, welcome, Nancy. That is great. Yes, you can customize those all-subject packages. Um, and so that is definitely something uh, to do and we're excited for you. Kitty is saying, my husband and I both work full-time and tag team the learning of our four boys. It works mostly. I appreciate the tips and encouragement. Go slow and pivot when needed. Yes, Katie, my family and I, we also, my husband and I both work full-time and we co-teach and that is very true in that case. That's where, you know, having the instructor's guides are super helpful um, because you can hand them off to your spouse and say, here's what I did. Can you do this? Um, I make it well known that I don't like science experiments. And so my husband does all the science experiments with our kids, um, which is a great reminder, too. If you have support of a grandparent, a spouse, an older child, um, those of you with high school kids, they can read to your elementary kids. You know, look at your resources there and see what you can do. Uh, to kind of help out and make homeschooling a family approach as opposed to just putting all the weight on your shoulders. Ladies, what if somebody gets in and they are trying something um, and it's just not working? What do they do? Do they switch things immediately? Do they try to change some things? You know, what are your suggestions if they're just up against a wall and can't make whatever they're trying to do work? I think uh, communication is super important because there, there's lots of things that can you know, totally not work like you think they will. Um, it may be um, that your kids are not um, you know, ready to do math first thing in the morning and you think they should be or the other way around. <laughs> uh, but whatever it is um, that is causing trouble, communicate with whoever it is that it's happening with. If it's between you and the kids. You, know, you might have all these expectations about what's going to happen, but you do have to communicate it to them so that they know and understand, even at a young age. And when I was just doing preschool with, with my oldest, when he was four, uh, I looked at my IG and I got the books out that he would be doing and I put them on a stack on the floor. And so when he woke up and saw that day, oh, we're going to read these books today. And you get in this mindset that, uh, you know, that that's what we're going to do today. And so it was well communicated even at that age. Um, so it is important to make your expectations known and to talk things out. 
Um, if it's something that has nothing to do between you and the kids, if it's just something that uh, curriculum wise don't think is working, uh, reach out to us on the app, uh, reach out to the Sunlight Advisors. I guarantee that someone else has been in the same boat. And that happened to me when I'm doing second grade language arts and my kid cannot write down what he's thinking. And I think, well, you're supposed to be able to do that, right? No. So I reached out to people. This was back in the day we had the forums. And, and sure enough, this was not an uncommon thing at all. Kids develop at such different paces. And I was encouraged, be a scribe for him. Let his ideas come out. You write them down. And we did that. And it made all the difference in the world. And I never knew until I asked that that was something that just happens to people all the time. So those are a couple of specific um, things that, that have happened to me um, that um, I hope will hope you all see that, that reach out to people, communicate. Uh, you're not alone in this. And uh, yeah, okay. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Elizabeth is asking, I heard you all mention an app and was curious which app. So if you're watching and you're not aware of our Sunlight app, definitely go and download that. It's available on Android or iPhone. Um, it's just called Sunlight. You know, It's got our little logo on the pink background. Um, so look for that, get in the app. We have a group specific for our new to Sunlight families. And then also everybody else is in there as well, sharing advice, tips, tricks, photos, any ideas. So like Ann said, you can find out from other parents whether or not your child is experiencing something that a lot of Sunlight kids experience. And Lisa, I'm sorry if I cut you off there. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew about the app and how to get to it. I'll let you go ahead and answer what you were going to say. I I don't know what's happening because I'm very, very delayed. Um, I heard Ann talking about asking other people what... Um, what they were experiencing and being not afraid to change things up. Um, for us, when we encountered a problem, talking it out was the most important thing or the thing I found most helpful. And remembering that we were all doing something new. Even if we'd been homeschooling before, we'd never homeschooled these grades before. We had never homeschooled these ages before, these hormones before. So it was important to... Um, just keep communicating. And when we were homeschooling, we were also caring for an aging parent. So we've never encountered that situation before. So just grace for everyone and really being um, able to talk about things. Yeah, we have some questions in the app. Sorry, I'm trying to see, I've got questions all over. So I'm trying to get to everybody, keep asking them and we'll keep answering. Um, it looks like we have a question from Sheila W. How do we formally assess our children's progress? Do we use a third party? I am new to homeschooling and blessed to start easy with preschoolers, but do like to plan far ahead. And then somebody else said, I'm curious about your recommendations for assessing progress. Also, have a second grader and fifth grader, what age did you start testing? So I'll answer for myself first. I live in a state that requires a standardized test every other year. But this is very specific to your state requirement here in Colorado that doesn't start until third grade. Um, and so that is when I started doing it. Uh, before that, I lived in a state where no testing was required. And so I did not do that. I've always just asked my kids the instructor's guide questions to make sure they're listening and understanding. And then of course with math, no matter which math curriculum I'm using, you can check to see if they have the right answers. But as long as they are making progress, I know they're learning. So that has been my way of assessing is do they know things they didn't know yesterday? Um, but once they did start taking those standardized tests, we found that they also were scoring very well on those and they were learning. Lisa, Ann, I'll let you guys share your experiences too because I know you're homeschooling in a different state than I am. Right, I'm in Texas and we do not have requirements to test. Uh, in our public school system, they do begin uh, testing at third grade. And so I figured, well, okay, I'll just do that to to see what's going on. And I will tell you, that was the most nervous, nerve wracking thing I've ever done because I've been there one teacher their whole life. And here I am going to have them take this test. And um, actually, they were taking it at a tutoring center where I worked. And so that put even more stress on me because, oh no, what if my kids fail this and I work at this place? I'm a former teacher in my pre homeschool life. Uh, so, anyway, that being said, uh, they did they did just fine. Uh, I know that 
the traditional way of school is read something, memorize something, take a test on it and move on. But that, that's because teachers have a class of 20 kids and they don't know who knows what unless they give them a test. Uh, but that's just not necessary in homeschool uh, because you're working one-on-one -on -one with them. Like Sunny said, you, did, they, did they learn something today? Yes, they did. Uh, absolutely. So testing, unless your state requires it, you definitely want to follow your requirements, but it is not necessary. Uh, my son, who never took a history test in his life because he's done history with sunlight all the way through, is taking his first history class uh, in college this semester and um, is totally prepared. Uh, he's studying political science and he might do a minor in history. So uh, just because he's never taken a history test doesn't mean he has not uh, fallen in love with the subject and learned a ton. In Florida, we didn't have to test either. Uh, so we did not test at all. Ever. Um, the first test my children ever took was the SAT, and they did fine. Um, so I think standardized testing is your choice if you live in a state that you don't, um, you are not required. I think you should definitely follow the law. Whatever your law is, definitely do that. But otherwise, if, you're, if your children are stressed out by testing and you don't have to do it, I don't, I personally don't see any value in stressing my children out for something that is not required because they are well educated with sunlight and they will do fine with just the instructor's guides questions and just mm -hmm. the assessment that you are able to do there. Yeah, and for anybody who's done sunlight really at all, <laughs> I know for me, I learn things all the time when I am teaching my kids that I never learned in my own education. So I would not worry too much about, you know, oh, are they getting enough? Because apparently I was not getting enough when I was young because I learned things all the time. So yes, they are. Uh, we have a question from Gabriella asking if she chooses to homeschool her kids with sunlight, will they be able to take required standardized tests? And then also Navix Design is asking about grades and how do you apply grades. Um, so kind of along those same lines, will your kids be ready? You guys both have kids who have gone to college and taken SAT, ACT type tests. Um, so I would love for you to share on that in a second. Um, but then also grading, do you need to assign grades? If your state requires that, what are some options for doing that as well? Okay, uh, I'll start with this one. I know Lisa's delayed, so that, I really don't mean to be the one to start everything, but uh, I know Lisa needs to catch up. Uh, like I said before, I used to teach high school biology, and so um, I, I know all about grading, uh, and I also know that kids can get in the mindset that it doesn't even matter if it's not for a grade. Uh, and I saw that in my students, and I never wanted that to happen at home. So being in a state where you don't have to keep um, – turn in any records or anything. I didn't keep grades until I had to for high school transcript. Uh, so how do you do that? Um, I've heard many different ways uh, of keeping grades. Uh, some people, one of the other mentors here makes a contract with her student. And so you see all the books that there are to read and all the assignments there are. If you do a certain percentage of this, I'm going to give you an A. If you do another, maybe it's you, Lisa. I don't remember which mentor it was. Um, uh, and if you only do such and such, you get a B. And so they are completely in charge of what they end up doing. Uh, I never did that personally, uh, but I did um, you know, assess based on comprehension questions or writing assignments. Uh, science is easy because high school science has tests that you grade and labs that you can grade. And same with math. Um, so it, it's up to you how you do grade things and you can keep track of it in a simple Excel spreadsheet. Uh, and then come up with your high school transcript. And yes, colleges do accept homeschool uh, transcripts without any problem at all. So I think Anne's done talking. I hope I'm not talking over her. She needs to give me a hand signal like, yeah. it's your turn. Um, <laughs> I, I did do a contract with my girls um, that was what my expectation for an A was. And a lot of my expectation was based on their attitude toward learning and their time management. Uh, I was not as concerned with their answers matching what the IG or instructor's guide had to say, as long as they could back up their answer. Um, if they read the material and came away with some different thoughts, that was okay with me. 
as long as they had a logical way to get there. They couldn't just say black when the answer was blue. Well, that's because what I thought. Um, <laughs> for math and science, my girls did get A's, but that was because if they missed something, we retaught it. So I think that's part of the common uh, misconception of homeschoolers is that everybody always gets an A because your mom is the teacher. I don't think you get an A because your mom is the teacher. I think you get an A because your mom continues to teach you until you have mastered the information. Um, in school, my daughter that's in college now, she always tells me that kids come to her to ask her questions about classes she hasn't even taken yet because she can think. She knows how to find the information and then process it in such a way that she can communicate her opinion. So definitely they learn and you can give them a grade and it's okay for them to get an A if they, if they do that work. Yeah, absolutely. We have some questions from some parents of younger kids now. Uh, Rebecca and Karina both are asking um, about how to develop a routine with young children running around. These are like your toddler age kids. Let's see, Rebecca's saying she's using level A with a third and first grader, but she has a five-year-old and a two-year-old and is trying desperately to find a routine that works. She doesn't want I hate school and don't want to do it to become her child's, uh, you know, train of thought there. And then Karina has a three-year-old running around and she's asking about how to involve younger kids. So what do you guys say to that? This oftentimes, especially if you're starting out with young kids, is one of the hardest things about getting into school. And how do you let those kids know, okay, now we need to buckle down and do this. It's not like you're talking to older kids. So what are some ideas for, for people in those situations? Yeah, I think it's good to have that visual again. If things are laid out in a certain place, this is what we're doing for school. That doesn't mean it has to be done all in one sitting at all. Um, school just becomes part of a lifestyle because you're reading books together and things like that at that young age. Uh, it is helpful uh, to do things uh, during nap time. Uh, I know lots of families that in, incorporate a quiet time during the day, even if their children don't nap anymore, just to train them that there's this period of time where everyone is in their own space and doing something quietly. Uh, that's a time when you could work with other one-on-one -on -one or something like that, or just have a little break for yourself too. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, and then of course, uh, the, that, another idea that I know a lot of people do is have a little basket full of things that only come out when it's school time for the littlest one to work on, um, things like that. And it does take time. So don't get discouraged. It takes a lot of time to figure out what routine will work. Some things work better first thing in the morning, some things after lunch. There's no such thing as school has to be done, you know, in this time uh, or else. You know, it's more of a lifestyle. So you figure out how to make it work uh, within that time span of a day. <laughs> I don't want to cut Lisa off if she's about to jump in. <laughs> I think there's a break, so I'll, I'll add in mine. <laughs> um, uh, when I had one in school and one not in school, we, we did have those baskets of toys that she could only do while we were homeschooling. Um, it was fun stuff. It was scissors and markers and paint dotters and things like that. Um, she also had snacks that she could only eat while we were doing school. And as she got older, I incorporated her. Um, I will never forget one day we had been reading Child's History of the World about the Spartans and how they took the boys away from their families when they were really young and they trained them. They were out in the cold and they were fighting. And um, my husband came home and said, girls, what did you learn in school today? And three-year-old says, if you messed up when you were a Spartan, you got a stick in the eye. And so she was paying attention. Um, so incorporate them as much as you can, um, but it is distracting and realize that that's just a season and no one's distracting me anymore, you know, so it, it does pass. <laughs> Yeah, and I think you brought up a good point that they are catching more than you realize. Um, you're reading them fun stories, and it may seem like they're not picking up on it. But after a few years, you start to realize, you know, Lisa, like you said, even your three-year-old was paying attention there. Uh, we have a question in the app. Uh, my six-year-old doesn't seem interested in school. Just the word puts her off. How do I prep her for it? I know my kids have gone through those stages, too, where they're like, I don't want to do school. So what we do is we talk about uh, the advantages that they have. They can sleep until they wake up. They don't have to go get on the bus. They can do school in their pajamas when they're done. 
done, they get to play, you know, we can eat lunch together as a family. Um, and so those were things, especially when my kids were little and they would say, oh, I want to go to school so I can eat cafeteria lunch or I can ride the bus. Um, it, they were never saying I want to go to school because of history or I want to go to school to take spelling tests. It was always the, the fun things. I just remind them about the fun and the flexibility that they have homeschooling. And now that they're older, they both recognize that and appreciate that and mm -hmm. all the time tell me how glad they are that they don't have to go to bed as early and get up as early, get dressed and go to school every day. Um, so we also have a question from the McGuire clan, clan, if you guys could answer this one too, when we get to that is, do you have tips for a first time homeschooler to help transition children who have previously been in public school? We've been talking a lot to the families who maybe have always homeschooled, but what about those mm -hmm. who are in public school? How do they transition them to homeschooling? Yeah, definitely time. You know, time is, is the word of the day um, because it's going to be different and talk to them about how it'll be different and, and what you expect to see. I imagine that doing sunlight with them is a lot different than what they probably have been doing. And so t t take uh, I'm a big proponent of the half days. Take some half days to get started so they can get used to learning in a new way and, uh, and just talk about it and listen to them. What are they feeling? Uh, they're, they're probably missing some of their old routine, missing their friends. And so you know, schedule some play dates um, uh, with some of their friends uh, and just understand. Uh, and then back to about, you know, how do I get my you know kids to understand? Yeah, you know, we got to do school. You don't want to do school. Well, you just have to do certain things, right? Uh, you can be a model for that because I know there's things that you don't like to do, but you have to, you know, oh, I can't stand ironing, but, you know, I've got to iron this shirt because I want it to look nice for when I wear it. And, and, uh, you know, I think one thing that our kids get when they are just with us, you know, pretty much 24-7, is that you're a model for, you know, what, what life is all about. You go through all different seasons and they see that. Uh, they see you work through difficult things and then they can do so themselves. I also, like Lisa, had a period of time where I was dealing with, uh, you know, my mother who was very ill. Uh, and my kids got to see, um, you know, how, how we uh, handled that and how the, the church came in and supported us. And they see so many aspects of different seasons of life that they wouldn't if they were in you know, this building. So even uh, a separate building, you know, during school, not your home. Um, so, so just always keep that in mind um, that uh, everything is in a season. Uh, but we're all we're here to help. That's why we're here. We've all been there and we want you all to, to stick with it, ask questions, and um, you know, we're just there for you. We're all we're here to help. That's why we're here. We've all been there and we want you all to, to stick with it. I can hear Ann on Lisa. <laughs> I, I agree with Ann so much with that, with caring for um, someone who was ill. That is that is a life lesson in itself. And I always say that my homeschooling has been more about what the Lord had to teach me through my homeschooling than things I could have taught my children. Um, so I think that's important. Um, there is a thing about unschooling um, when people were from public school till now, um, that it takes a week for every year that they were in a brick and mortar school. So if you're just starting out, you may find that, you know, it's going to take some time to adjust because like Ann said, this is most likely very different than anything they have done before. And it, it just, everyone's learning something new. Just grace is so important for yourself because you haven't done this and for them because this is new to them and just learn together. And I think your attitude I, mine is laundry. Anne said ironing mine is laundry. Mine is, you know, I don't love doing laundry, but no one wants to see everyone walking around naked. So I got to do it. <laughs> you might not love school, but that is your job at, for this season of your life. So you have to get it done. Absolutely. Now, Rachel is asking a question. It says, I am dyslexic. Starting with kindergarten, I know I'm okay, but what about support later on for my child so they don't pick up on my frustration? And I think this can also be extended. I know math is a subject that a lot of people worry, like, are my kids going to get to a point where they're more advanced in math than I can teach or, you know, writing skills, really any subject. What advice would you give a parent who's apprehensive about their ability to teach something to their children? That is a good question. I know um, with the read alouds, um, as they get uh, longer and things like that, 
Uh, a lot of people do look for audio books to go along with the sunlight books. And that is definitely an option um, to do with that. And uh, for math, uh, you know, we hit that point uh, when we got to high school math where I was having to relearn everything with them. And uh, and so we uh, went with a math curriculum. We went with Matthew C that does have video instruction. So there are definitely resources out there uh, for all of those uh, topics that you may not be comfortable um, teaching your, all by yourself. I think um, it's important for kids to see us struggle. Uh, there's nothing wrong with our children seeing that we are not perfect at everything that we attempt right when we attempt it. So if reading becomes an issue, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, you know what, this is hard for me, but I'm going to persevere. Um, maybe you take turns reading a page and a page. Uh, you get some audiobooks, like Anne said, but there's nothing wrong with your children seeing that you are not superwoman. Um, I think having my children with me through caring for my mother and those kinds of things, um, they saw that I had to rely on Jesus or else I couldn't get things done. Um, I cannot imagine homeschooling my children and trying to run my home and being a good daughter and a good wife and all of those things without knowing where my, my source comes from. And so getting up before my kids and doing my own quiet time and doing quiet time with them and then then they can see okay maybe it was frustrating but but this is how we deal with it yeah i love that that kind of goes along with another question that we received from katie sometimes when i share with others that i am homeschooling an insecure feeling creeps into my delivery of why we are homeschooling what are each of your whys and how did you increase confidence in yourself and this decision to homeschool I don't think that homeschooling is a superior route, but I believe it is best for us during this season of our lives. So Katie, that is an excellent question. And I absolutely agree with you that when I started homeschooling and people would start like, it felt like they were attacking me. Um, I didn't always know how to answer them. I was like, it's preschool, it's fine. you know. And they, they would say things that were very condescending almost like, well, you're not gonna do that in high school, right? It, would, it was very much this attitude of, well, you're not smart enough, you're not this, you're not that, whatever. Um, and so I have probably 10 million whys. The longer I homeschool, the more I realize that this is the best path for our family, for our kids. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I love that we homeschool as a family and it's really our family culture is that we learn together um, and they get to see their dad and I work, which is another great thing. I love that they get to see us handle adult situations and how to behave in the workplace. Um, I love that I get to be the primary influence. I mean, I could go on and on and on into all of my whys, but I will say the longer you do it, the easier it gets to truly defend yourself because you know that your kids are learning. You know that you are, like Lisa said, God's giving you what you need at that particular moment or season to teach them. Um, and so that does get easier. Now, when people try to get all in my face about it, I, I absolutely am able to tell them, nope, this is what's right for us. And there's mm -hmm. kind of reasons why. Um, so Lisa, and what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I, I had a different experience when I told people I was homeschooling. So I used to be a public school, high school biology teacher. So I really thought I would get a lot of flack from my coworkers when they found out, uh, my former coworkers, uh, but I didn't. I was really surprised. Uh, but I got a lot of people that said, oh, homeschooling, that's great. You can do that because, because you're a teacher. And so I have secondary science certification. I've been trained to teach a, a class of high schoolers science. So how does that qualify me to teach anybody kindergarten? You know, I, I would be scared to death to go into a class full of 20 kindergartners and try to teach them. Um, so I thought it was funny. People just thought that was a great thing for me to do because I'm a teacher, <laughs> even though it was secondary school science. But um, but my reasons, you know, so I, I always thought that I, I wanted to, to stop teaching, raise, you know, have kids. I would probably go back to teaching when they were school age. That's just what I envisioned until my son was two. And I just realized that I loved teaching. I love teaching. I love teaching other people's kids. And so I started tutoring when I was pregnant with him. Uh, but then I wanted to teach him too. Why would I not want to teach my own kid? And so 
I looked into uh, curriculum, discovered sunlight, and you know, like I said, he's a freshman now in college. Uh, but one of the things that I do like, um, you know, I like being able to choose the curriculum, which you know was a really big deal for me. Uh, this literature base was a really good fit for us, and being stuck in that school schedule for as long as I was teaching, I really enjoyed my freedom. And we would go on vacation like Sunny, we would do that. We'd go on vacation, you know, every September when there's nobody else at the beach, you know, we're there. And it was just awesome. So I really, really, really enjoyed the flexibility of it all. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you know, I would always tell people, you know, oh, we take it a year at a time, which was true. But every year it ended up being the same decision. And uh, so here I am two years away from being a um, retired homeschool mom. <laughs> it passes by so fast. Okay, I think Anne finished. She forgot to give me a signal. Um, <laughs> we did make a, a goal, a motto for our family, and it was to develop um, fully devoted spirit-empowered followers of Christ and to make our home a place where learning was uh, pursued and valued. So, and the reason that that came in, in that order was very important to us. Um, when I, I'm not was not a teacher, did not ever imagine myself as a homeschooling mom. I actually, I say the Lord dragged me kicking and screaming into it. But um, I found that when I was faithful to him, he was faithful to me. He provided everything I needed. But our goal was more um, to be the main influence in our children's life and to train them up in the way that they should go. Um, we, we loved the education that Sunlight gave book-wise, but more I loved the missions focus and the biblical worldview that came from Sunlight. And if, if that was all we ever got, that would be just fine because my children have access to the internet. They can look up any fact that they want to know. They don't even need a computer. They can talk to you know the person whose name you can't say or she'll start talking. Um, you can find out whatever you want to find out. But I had a short time with them in my home where I was the influence and I could help them um, just become fully devoted Christ followers. And so that was really important to us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have a question about Sunlight. You brought up, yeah, how Sunlight teaches. Um, and she's asking about the literature of Sunlight. Is it Christian-based? She likes to avoid sensitive topics. This is something that we do not stay away from in Sunlight. It's actually one of my favorite things because I do have challenging conversations with my kids. That's another benefit to homeschooling is I know my kids really well and we're establishing a strong foundation where we are able to talk about anything and everything. But ladies, what, what would you say about that? Um, you know, using Sunlight, using those read-alouds, you know, it is a Christian company, but we don't stay away from hard topics. You know, what, what would you say to that? Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. Uh, I see a comment about, you know, a lot of a high percentage of the readers are not really, I think she means are not really you know, Christian books. And that's true. You know, these are books you can go buy at any bookstore. Um, but what Sunlight does, it gives you a Christian worldview in the instructor's guide and in the discussion questions that it gives you. And you will talk about uh, difficult topics and, and you will talk about why characters did this or that and why this or that may not have been the best choice and things like that. It really develops uh, a lot of critical thinking skills, uh, truly. And of course, the missionary stories are in there and they, they just, uh, they're just amazing because they show you God's faithfulness through those stories. And then the kids are able to uh, well, to see that in their in their own lives, like Lisa said, you know, we went through that time period um, where we had to completely uh, rely uh, when you're relying on your church family and on other people to get through some things and they see you get through that. Um, OK, but back to the books. Uh, yeah. So not all the books are going to have a Bible verse on every page. Um, uh, but of course, Bible is included. Uh, but what Sunlight does, it gives you the instructor's guide with the Christian worldview. Uh, and you are looking through everything you do through that Christian worldview. And that'll be Lisa Nick. Yeah, got it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that I loved that about Sunlight. I, I didn't want my children to leave my home thinking that everything was rainbows and unicorns. I mean, it's a hard world out there and hard things have happened and 
the person who does not know history is bound to repeat it. Um, history is not clean and nice and lovely, um, nor is the Bible clean and nice and lovely. It's hard. And so I would much rather expose my children to those hard things when I'm there with them to explain, to guide, to break it down into something they could understand than to lead them astray into thinking that everything is lovely and then they go out into the world and find that that's not true. Um, I did not want someone else to be the first person to tell my child anything, anything really. I wanted to tell them all the things. Like Sunny said, we wanted to talk about every single thing. Um, probably one of our, I use favorite, not as like, oh, this is so fun favorite, but getting to know each other um, when I did 300 with my older daughter and that's 20th century world history. It's so hard. It's so dark. The, even the literature written by 20th century writers is just hard. But we had such excellent conversation and we really dug into what do we believe and how do we believe that that God would have us to act in, in response to this. And so it was very Christian from a book that was all about war that didn't mention God. It was very Christian. Yeah, absolutely. That is great. Yeah. And I think as you kind of stick through it, you guys both mentioned the instructor's guide um, has the notes and the worldview in there. So even if you're doing a book that is not a Christian book where it's talking about hard things, check those notes out. Please read your instructor's guide. So many times people are shocked because they didn't read their notes first. Uh, read that before you have those conversations with your kids. But Sunlight, I think, does a great job of helping kind of guide you through those trickier conversations um, and at an age-appropriate time. So make sure you're looking at the age ranges of the programs you're doing um, because oftentimes that will determine what type of books are in that package. Um, we're running low on time, but we did get some questions about electives, extracurricular activities, community, and in-person opportunities that are inexpensive. So we'll touch on that really briefly um, before we run out of time. Also, somebody was asking about the app, if it's available outside the US, it is. Um, there was a brief period where Apple took it out of the store. And so if you had an iPhone, you weren't able to download it, but that has since been resolved. So even if you are outside the United States, you should still have access to our app um, to download that. Um, but let's talk about, you know, free, inexpensive activities you can do to give your kids that social interaction or what types of electives and things like that you can plan. Hmm. Let's see. Oh, free. Well, not a whole lot is free these days, but uh, the library. Lots of libraries have free programs and you can meet uh, other kids, uh, your kids' ages that way. Uh, so that's a good place to look for things like that. And a lot of time, different communities will have sports teams for young kids that may not be free, but they wouldn't be super expensive because usually the coaches are volunteers and things like that. Uh, and those are all typically after traditional school hours. Those are the good things to look for. I would say free is going to the park with other friends, um, meeting other friends to go to the library, um, maybe a museum. A lot of our museums are free on the third Wednesday of the month or something like that. Um, you might want to check around for those kind of things. Um, electives can be what you're already doing, or if you are a great sewer, you might have some kids in and that could be theirs because their mom is a great baker. I don't know. Um, ask your friends. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of things that, that you can do that don't look like school, but you're teaching your children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is absolutely true. Yeah. And like you said, museums, a lot of times they do free days or sometimes they'll really come to day. Um, which give you an opportunity to do that. And there is nothing I love more than going to a museum with a sunlight kit because they read everything, they love everything, they really enjoy learning. So that is, is so true. And yeah, library um, programs for your avid readers. Uh, sunlight does turn a lot of kids into avid readers. And once they're done with their sunlight books, uh, the library is a great place for that. Well, ladies, we are about out of time. So for those of you that have asked questions or left comments that we have not gotten to, I'm sorry that we have not gotten to them. 
today, please post them in the comments of the video replay. And all of our mentors are in the Sunlight app. And we will definitely go back and answer those for you. Um, tune in next month for our next Homeschool Helps and Hacks. That'll be the third Thursday in September at the same time. Um, we are going to try to do these monthly for you so that you guys have different topics and things that are relevant to you as homeschool families. And as always, if you need anything, reach out to us in the app or the Sunlight Connections group on Facebook. You can email us as well. We love interacting with you and helping you out. So thank you so much, Lisa and Anne, for being here. And Jenna and Sheila for answering questions in the chat and everybody have a great day.